It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I advise on e-commerce marketing. You can join the chat about everything e-commerce in the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. With today's guest, we're going to be getting into one specific area of e-commerce marketing, content, the written kind. And I have a content marketing heavyweight to enlighten us all. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Jacqueline Parisi is a copywriter at the American arm of meal kit company HelloFresh. One of her core responsibilities is to write and post three, yes, three blog posts a week, including getting them ready and tracking the KPIs. That's key performance indicators or results, for those of you wondering what I'm blathering on about as well as email copy, product copy, and much more. She works with the American and global teams on a range of other written content, which has included developing the official editorial style guide for the USA team to ensure consistent brand messaging, voice and tone across both marketing and products. Wow, we are so lucky to have such a serious content expert with us today. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you here. Now, I've given our listeners kind of a super quick overview of you and uh, and HelloFresh USA. How did you end up working in e-commerce? I actually didn't start out working in e-commerce. I was more focused on working in editorial. I was an English major in university. I studied literature and that is what I wanted to focus on. I wanted to write. I actually started out working in traditional book publishing before moving into digital content marketing. Um, And I wanted to combine my enthusiasm for the food industry with my editorial background. And I came across HelloFresh. So to be honest with you, it was, it was less, you know, at the, the early stages, it was less about wanting to be an e-commerce per se, and more about wanting to work in editorial within the food and tech space. Oh, cool. So a happy accident that you ended up at HelloFresh. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Okay. So let's just quickly outline a bit about HelloFresh because there's, there's, it's in a lot of different countries, but you're in the USA version, aren't you? So where do you guys sell to? Correct. So our headquarters are in New York City in Manhattan, um, but we sell across the the entire continental U.S. So we deliver to to you know all the states in, in the continental um, area. But we do, like you said, have a presence in ten international markets. So our global headquarters is in Berlin, um, and we also have a presence in the Netherlands, in the United Kingdom, in Australia, Austria. Belgium, Switzerland, Canada, and Luxembourg. Um, and I, I operate closely with our global counterparts, but the work that I do is for the US audience. Wow. So there's content marketers in each geographic location for the company and you just worry, get to just worry about the USA. Correct. And some wow. are bigger than others, depending on the size of the market there. Um, but I just focus on the US. Very cool. And um, and the product, for anyone out there who doesn't know what HelloFresh sell, can you quickly tell us a little bit about the product? 
Of course. So we are a meal kit delivery service. So essentially, we deliver pre-measured ingredients and simple chef-curated recipes in a box straight to your doorstep every week. Um, And the goal is to make the entire dinnertime experience easier, more convenient, more fun. So we're removing the barriers to home cooking. Um, And also, since, you know, we believe that food is just one ingredient in this quote unquote recipe for dinnertime success, we also deliver wines that are actually hand selected to pair with your HelloFresh meals as part of our wine club. So we have this ancillary product in addition to our core meal kit subscription service. Oh, very nice. Is that unique to the US or does that happen everywhere? So that right now is unique to the US. Oh, cool. It must be nice leading the charge in an area when a company is quite so large. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the, the HelloFresh US is is quite large uh, compared to our global counterparts. So, um, you know, but, but we still do exchange learnings and get inspiration from from each other. Oh, cool. And um, and guys, guys who are listening, I know that uh, that you'd normally be expecting me to drive into Hollow the platform and plug in stuff. We're going to skip that today. So we have more time to talk content. So um, Jacqueline, what is the most awesome thing about HelloFresh for you right now? So this is going to sound counterintuitive in the beginning, but I think (laughs) one of the most awesome things is that the meal kit industry is so saturated right now. We are in an increasingly crowded market with competitors delivering a, a fairly compatible product. So the task at hand for, for me, um, and for, for HelloFresh as a business right now, now is not to convince prospective customers to use meal kits. It's to convince them to use HelloFresh over the whole slew of competitors. Um, And content is a way to foster this unique and this differentiating brand identity. And when done correctly, um, it can sort of create a relationship that leads Mm -hmm. to trust and that fosters alignment between our business goals, our prospective customers, and our active customers. You know, and creating a human connection is important for us because ultimately what we are asking people to do is to buy food off the internet. And that's still a relatively novel concept, but, you know, being at this critical hinge point in our company's history is is very exciting because this is where, where the brand execution shine. This is when it's super exciting to be a copywriter, um, yes. and, you know, to work on these sorts of innovative, compelling executions. So, although you know, being in a very saturated market doesn't sound exciting; it sounds daunting. But you know, you can actually think about it in a very exciting way. It's quite cool, isn't it? Because rather than all your content being explaining to a customer what you are, which gets quite repetitive for the people inside the business, if not right. for the customers outside you actually get to start going, right, what makes us different? What can we do that's creative and different that's going to appeal to the right customer that's going to bring that kind of emotional connection to them? I think that sounds awesome. Certainly. And although our messaging skews fairly functional for prospective customers who still need to understand, you know, the functionality of our product, for the most part, it's more than simple recipes, pre-measured ingredients delivered to your door every week. You know, it's about the why, so how do you, I guess in the, I kind of want to tie this into the, into the world of style guides, but I'm not sure if I should. How do you, how do you go about 
educating the customer and bringing that emotion into the content? Is it just about writing more entertaining pieces? Is it about writing more thoughtful pieces? How do you how do you approach that shift? Yeah, so something that's important to note is that not all of our content is specific to the inbox experience. So there's a lot of content that will publish like recipe roundups or tips and tricks or long form guides that really don't relate super closely to to what you're getting in your box every week. I'm oh, sorry. Um, so just I'm being thick here. So no, inbox, no. I thought you meant email marketing. I was like, what? why has she gone off on one of my no, emails? You, don't need, you mean literally the they're the box. box. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. So the in, like the, the unboxing, God, yeah. what you get yeah. in your doorstep every week. Um, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> yes, yes. Apologies for that. Oh, no, Continue. don't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, because we're trying to create a a relationship and to play the long game here. So we're cultivating trust um, between our customers and us and also with people that aren't our customers yet, um, but that we're hoping eventually will um, will trust us enough as a credible source of information in order to then sign on to our product. Um, and we publish a good amount of lifestyle pieces as well. Um, and we think a lot, not only about what we're publishing, but how we're publishing it and how we're packaging that content. Um, So that's a way to keep our content exciting is to not just think, okay, we're going to write a long form piece here. It's, are we going to create a video to live in this blog post? Are we going to create an infographic? Are we going to embed a poll, a quiz, et cetera? So how do you, what does it start with? Does it start with, here's some ideas for content. Let's find the best way to turn that, to put that in front of the customer. Or does it start with, we need to do more video? So when we have sort of our our monthly brainstorming meetings, we think on multiple levels. One, what is trending in the world of food right now? Um, Is it appropriate for our audience base? Um, And we also consider very heavily what the business KPIs are at that point in time, because something that I um, have learned during my time in HelloFresh and has really been sort of our guiding light here is that the business KPIs have to then filter down to the content KPIs. Um, So ultimately what we're trying to do is to move the business forward. And if we're... um, you know, thinking about what type of content to publish that really has to be done in light of where the business is going and what the business goals are at that moment. Um, So that guides our our brainstorms. I suppose at the simplest level that next month we want to do, the the business wants to shift more bottles of wine. So our content has to include content about wine, actually at the the really basic level, but that's what you kind of mean by tying the two together. Exactly. Cool. And so you had the, the the team get together and you do a monthly brainstorm of what ideas. And then after that, the ideas are prioritized and then you start working out about the best way to bring that to life. Correct. So we think about the ideas first and then we think, okay, we know we want to publish something about broccoli, for example. Mm-hmm. And then we think, okay, do we want to use the HelloFresh recipes that have broccoli and publish a roundup of those? Do we want to create original recipes that aren't you know, 
something that you would see in your box? Do we want to make a video? Do we want to publish an infographic? Um, do we want to talk about the best way to cook your broccoli? Do we want to talk about how to select it, how to store it? You know, there's so many different angles we could take. Um, but, you know, we sit down and we look at the month or the quarter um, in its entirety and we think about what would be most appropriate. And, you know, I love the fact that there's that much to talk about just about broccoli. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You would be very surprised to see, you know, the conversations we have about about random foods that are seemingly insignificant, but um, very important for HelloFresh. I, I find a lot of people say to me, I know I should be doing content, but I can't think of anything to put. So hopefully this is giving them some ideas about, you know, you've got to take one thing down to the nitty gritty because often they're thinking my business, my business, my business, not a product or a part of a product, which, is, which I find is often where the inspiration comes from if you get down into the nitty gritty. Absolutely. You know, and, and if you think my product, my product, my product, that is content that doesn't travel well, that can't stand on its own merits. Um, you know, content that, that is too product or too brand focused. It, it's not the content that gets shared, that gets passed along, that really, um, you know, resonates with customers on a very emotional level. Of course, the product has to be visible and has to have a presence there, um, but it's a fine line. So from that uh, that brainstorm and the ideas that have come out of it, it, does that then get plugged quite quickly into an editorial calendar that's set out for the for the month and then you just produce, produce, produce? Or is there a, is it kind of editorial calendar tweak, editorial calendar tweak? So we would put it into our editorial calendar. You know, we work a few months in advance. We try and work like as in advance as possible. Um, and then because all of our uh, photography is, is our own, it's not mm -hmm. sort of stock photography in any way. There is a long process there in terms of developing, you know, the photographic assets and developing the, the videos or the infographics and, you know, briefing our graphic designers to create whatever assets we need. So, you know, the turnaround isn't as, as quick as one might think because there's a lot of work that needs to be done in order to, to develop the, the visual assets that will accompany the blog post. Got you. So it's like starting off with the words, but then also working out what needs to go with that and pulling that together across the team. Right. Because, you know, we're very cognizant of the fact that copy is nothing without design and vice versa, um, especially when, you know, one of our main sources of traffic is or social interaction, social referrals, and um, people are far more uh, likely to pin an infographic or to share something on Facebook um, when it's also visually and aesthetically pleasing. So for example, the, we're, we're recording this towards the end of January. The blog post you're working on this week, how long is it going to be before the customers get to see them? So the blog post that I'm working, so if I'm, if I'm in the process of writing a post, mm -hmm. that means going to come out within the next few days. Um, but if I'm in the process of sort of briefing the photography or concepting out the angle um, or doing more research about, you know, SEO, then that means it will um, probably be published within the next month to two months. Well, so, the, so where do you, when you sit down with one of those ideas that you need to turn into a blog post, can you talk us through the steps you take before it 
goes to live. So you do the SEO research and you brief and and so forth. What's your process? Because that's you know, there's a lot of pe- a lot of people um, out there listening who go, I need to write a blog, so I, they just write one and put it live. And I think it'd be really helpful for them to understand actually the the stages they should be going through. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and in the beginning, when content was first introduced to HelloFresh, it was, we were at the point where uh, we had to write a blog post, so we just wrote it. But as we've grown and as we've developed, um, and as sort of our our identity has developed as not just a meal kit, but also a publisher and a 21st century food brand, we've started to develop more processes and workflows and professionalized as a department. Um, so I, I do want to include that caveat that we weren't always like this um, and that <laughs> did take some time to get to our, this point and we are always improving. Um, but our process right now is we will sit in a room develop all our ideas um, and sort of have high level uh, concepts for what we're going to talk about during a given period of time. From there, we consult with our graphic designers. We consult with um, our folks who work in video production, and we sort of run our ideas by them, get their input about whether an infographic would be spot on for this piece of content, or whether we have the bandwidth to create a video here, um, or what type of photos would be great. Um, And then from there, we sort of divide and conquer all of these briefs. So we submit photo briefs, we submit design briefs to have all of these assets completed in time for publication. Um, So that is, you know, we have to give our graphic designers or our photographers, you know, several weeks in order to to get all of this done because they obviously have a lot on their plate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we submit those briefs. And while we submit the briefs, we also do some keyword research for SEO. We spend a significant amount of time optimizing our posts for search engines. So we will use uh, tools to uh, find an appropriate keyword for the post, which guides the direction of the post. Um, so, so that's a, a bit of what, what our process is. You know, it's um, it's very fluid. It's not the same every every time. You know, we we go with the flow. We we go with what works. Um, and but right now, you know, th- this is this has been a comfortable process for us. And then once you've got all those moving parts together, that's when you sit down and actually write it once you've got Correct. all the parts. Correct. Oh, and it's cool. very important, um, you know, for us to have done the SEO research beforehand, because if I write the post, how I want to write it, and then I go and I look to find what keyword is appropriate. If there's no keyword that fits with what I just wrote, then, you know, I'm kind of in a pickle. So it's very important to do that preliminary research and that heavy lifting on, on the earlier end to make sort of the publishing part more seamless. And in terms of, I mean, you've already said that the content is both for new and existing customers that goes out onto the blog, but how do you get eyeballs onto it? Is it a case of just including it in the next email that goes out? Or is it much more about getting people talking about it and building links to it and social mentions and all that sort of thing? So it's a combination of all of that. Um, Our main source of traffic is our weekly content newsletter. So that is, you know, an incredibly important asset for us. And that, you know, like I said, goes out every week. And that's a great tool because we are able to have agency and direct customers to the posts we want them to read. So for example, if there's a new menu item or a product launch, we editorialize that on the blog and we can direct customers 
customers right there. That's active customers, paused customers, and our former canceled customers. Um, so the content newsletter is um, is immeasurably important for us. But then we also um, work very closely with the social media team to promote our content on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Pinterest, and increasingly LinkedIn as well. So we track the amount of traffic that comes from social media every week in order to gauge how how those efforts are panning out. Um, And in in addition to social media, we also um, submit our content to sort of recipe sharing sites um, like Food Gawker. I'm not sure if you're familiar. That's sort of the Mm -hmm. biggest one. Um, And so we'll we'll submit our our original recipes there. And if they're submitted, then they appear on, on sort of these recipe databases and that drives a good amount of traffic to our site. Um, we also publish our posts on our app. So HelloFresh has an app with sort of a newsletter content section on the app. So for customers, this is this is a great asset because it really fosters this entire experience. They can cook their recipes with the help of the app. They can read added value content on the app. Um, so that drives a good amount of traffic as well. Um, so, you know... It's a mixture of of a lot of different things. Um, We are also experimenting currently with platforms such as Medium or Apple News or Facebook Instant Articles or Google AMP or other sorts of of platforms to see um, how, how much traction we can get there. Well, so would it be, I mean, that's a pretty massive list and I'm amazed you're using LinkedIn. I find that quite fascinating. Um, Mm. But the... Would it be fair to say you spend, as a team, as much time promoting a blog post as you spend creating it? Um, or is it like 50% or, or, you know, a third of the time spent promoting, two thirds spent creating? I would say that the latter. You know, we spend a little bit less time um, promoting it, but that's actually something that we're we're hoping to change because we spend a significant, significant amount of time in the creation process. Um, and we want to make sure we get as many eyes as possible on our content to sort of get a, 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 as much of a return on our investment as possible. And like I said, the most amount of traffic that comes from our blog is from our content newsletter. And that's a lot of pressure to put on one email. Um, so we want to make sure that we diversify the sources of traffic um, so we're not relying so heavily on one email. Um, so we, we, there is a concerted effort right now to spend more time promoting the content and to get sort of as much, as much juice out of it as possible, so to speak. Oh, totally agree. It's, uh, it amazes me people will slave over a blog post and then just nothing. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. And everything everything you read says, you know, quality over quantity and that it's better to have sort of one SEO gold 10x long form piece of content that will get links backs and social shares and it will sort of evolve into an evergreen piece of content than to have 10 pieces of content that go nowhere. So it, it's really a shift in our thinking. Cool. And um we've mentioned KPIs an awful lot today. What numbers are you actually looking at? You know, is it about reads? Is it about dwell time on the page? Is it about conversions to, you know, new subscribers coming off of these? What's the, what are the key KPIs you're tracking for this content? Right. So the, the main metrics that we look at um, include t- 
time on page. So that's very important for us to gauge how engaged our customers are, how long they're dwelling on the page. Um, We also look at page views by source. Like I mentioned, it's very important for us to know how much traffic is coming from organic search versus social versus our app, et cetera. Uh, We also look at social interactions as well as social referrals and the ratio between the two. Um, And we have also recently implemented a comprehensive tagging system taxonomy so that down to a very granular level, we can assess what's working and what's not based off of how we tag our posts. Um, So those are, you know, the most important metrics for us, but they're not all considered at an equal level of importance for every month. Again, it depends on what our business KPIs are, which subsequently filter down to the content KPIs, which then filter down to what metrics we use to appropriately um, assess those KPIs. So for example, if we are launching a new menu item, we will deprioritize time on page and we will prioritize conversions or reactivations um, because ultimately what we're trying to do at that point is to get readers to bounce from our blog to our website. We don't want them to dwell too long on our <laughs> yeah, blog. Yeah. Go and um, buy, people. Stop reading. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's counterintuitive, actually, because most publishers would think time on page, that's the most important metric, um, but not always, not always. So we have to be flexible, flexible with that. And it's important also to note that um, when I first started, we were focused so heavily on bounce rate. So we didn't want our customers or our readers to get to our blog and then bounce off of it without going to another page. And although we still consider bounce rate, um, it's certainly deprioritized in favor of time on page. Because if a customer comes to a, a blog post and spends three minutes reading it and then bounces off of our site, that's still a win for us because they were engaged enough to spend three minutes on our site. Um, So, you know, we have to uh, sort of take these numbers with a grain of salt, because if you look at too many metrics, too many numbers Mm -hmm. at once, it's overwhelming and you cannot deduce actionable insights. So there's a kind of a suite of KPIs you might pick from, or suite of metrics you might pick from to make this month's KPIs. And that shifts based on what's going on in the business and what you've learned over the previous months. Correct. Okay, cool. Um, My last question before we go into the top tips then is, are there any cool, funky, different content ideas you've been working with of late you can give uh, all our listeners a little hint about? Yes. So there are actually, I'm glad you asked. Um, So like I I mentioned, when we develop content ideas for each month or each quarter, we don't just think about what we're publishing, but also how we're packaging it. Um, And one of the formats we found our customers engage with very well is quizzes. Um, We use a platform called Interact to develop personality, BuzzFeed style quizzes. And what's great What's great about it is that there are lead generation tools as well, so we can capture emails and also have access to comprehensive analytics so we can see how our readers are responding to each individual question that we're asking. Um, An example of this is we actually partnered with a celebrity butcher, Pat LaFrida, who's very famous in America uh, for his meat, Mm -hmm. and 
we were using the Pat Wafrida meat and an upcoming burger recipe. So in advance of the burger being on the menu, we created a quiz uh, with Interact called What's Your Spirit Burger? What's Your Ideal Burger? So we asked a whole slew of questions like, what type of patty do you prefer? Whether you're pro ketchup or against ketchup? Um, what type of cheese do you like? You know, a whole slew of questions that ultimately led you to your ideal burger. And we gated the content. So in order for you to see what your ideal burger was, you had to enter your email address. Uh, we promoted the quiz via paid organic social display, content newsletter. And then those who took the quiz were subsequently retargeted with ads for the recipe when it was on the menu. Uh, because it stands to reason that if you were interested enough and engaged enough to take this quiz about a burger, then you would also be interested in eating this burger. Um, so that you know was a great example of us utilizing this tool of, of quiz via Interact to make our content uh, far more engaging for customers and non-customers alike. Oh, wow. I'm so glad I asked that. So guys, quizzes. Oh, how cool. My mind is just flying with ideas on the back <laughs> of that one. Um, let's dive though now into the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So Jacqueline, first up your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I This is a tough question. I would recommend Hooked, um, How to Build Habit Products. It It's a, you know, a short read, but it examines why some products capture widespread attention and others don't. You know, what makes us engage with certain products out of sheer habit? Um, you know, and are there, there are consistent patterns with how technologies hook us in? Um, and the reason this book is particularly relevant for HelloFresh is because you know we're trying to break the inertia of cooking. And if our tips and our tricks and our easy recipes can help customers get from point A to point B as seamlessly as possible, there's a higher chance they will have fun in the process and want to do it again and again and again and again and again. Um, and those sorts of habitual actions are our lifeline as a subscription service. Um, so that's why, you know, any tips or tricks about how to form habits are crucial for us. Um, and it's a must read. Excellent. Okay, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Hmm. Um, I think, you know, I hope this answers your question well, but a traffic generation tip that will also sort of help build your business is this idea of um, steering away from content that is too product or too brand focused. Um, because, you know, like I said, that doesn't travel well. Um, it has to stand on its own merits as entertaining, as storytelling, as education. That gets shared, that gets passed along, that grows your, you know, your traffic and, and ultimately your business. Um you know, one of my favorite quotes from Simon Sinek is people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Um, logic is rarely appealing. It's the emotion that gets remembered, that gets shared. Um, you know, and again, this harkens back to what I was saying in the beginning of, of the podcast, because, you know, our messaging is, is about more than the functionality. It's about the why, and that helps us generate traffic. 
Oh, cracking answer. Okay, uh, the tool top tip then. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cordial tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Um, yes, there is. I cannot, cannot emphasize enough how important Asana is for us. It's oh, I a love Asana. Love it. Oh, I love, I could speak forever about Asana. Um, <laughs> it makes our life so much easier. We're able to create tasks and subtasks. We're able to assign them to, to certain individuals. We're able to, um, you know, assign deadlines. It makes everyone's life so much easier um, and really ensures that nothing falls through the cracks for one-off projects, but also for longer-term projects as well. So is it kind of the living, breathing heart of your content calendar, your editorial oh, calendar? Absolutely. So uh, Asana is is crucial to to everything that we do, um, from briefing, uh, photo assets to, to writing content, and not only for the blog, but also you know for the other tasks that occupy my day as well. The writing the emails, writing the website content, writing the inbox uh, content, things like that. Excellent. Okay, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Again, I think I think I would have to repeat sort of this content, this content tip and to not be afraid to invest in content marketing and to explore content marketing as, as um, a tool for growth, um, you know, and, and to establish yourself as a brand um, and to ensure that you have consistent messaging, a consistent tone, um, consistency in the words that you use and the words that you do not use, everything down to whether you use the word and or the ampersand or whether you use the Oxford comma or not. So the consistency in, in language um, and an and eagerness to invest in, in content marketing beyond simply functional explanations of your product. I love that as an answer. I also love the fact that we, I was worried we were going to get to the end of this interview with a content specialist without any items of grammar being mentioned. And <laughs> you just mentioned both ampersands and the Oxford comma. So I'm feeling very pleased. But total content credibility ensured there for you, Jacqueline. That was brilliant. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, Master Plan World. You can find those top tips and links to all the other things we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast where you will see a link to this show. Jacqueline, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. So you can head to HelloFresh.com to learn more about our deliciously simple meal kits um, and our blog as well at blog.hellofresh.com. We're also all over social media. So like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and be sure to use the hashtag HelloFreshPicks so we can cheer you on along the way and celebrate all your cooking victories with you. Oh, marvellous. I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being our expert today on the podcast. You've been an absolute star and my head is now just buzzing with ideas and I hope that can be said the same for all our listeners. So thank you hugely. Of course. Thank you, Chloe. So guys, your written content. That's how to do it. 
Think about the minutia of the product elements. So you can come up with some of that lifestyle content. So it's not just about here's our product, here's our product, here's our product. It's about how, what you can do with the product, where the product comes from, other ways to use the product, all those kind of content pieces. Once you've got your ideas, start thinking about what content is actually going to work. What do you need to put around that blog post to make it happen? So is it infographics? Is it great photography? Is it um, going to be a video? what's going to work to get that message across to the customers as clearly as possible. And within all of that, make sure you're doing that SEO homework to work out which keywords you're going to go after and that you're writing to fit in with that. There's some blog posts on the website, uh, which I'll try and remember to add links to the show notes for if you want some very quick tips on that. Um, on my site, that is on ecommercemasterplan.com. Go there and search for SEO if you want to dive straight into that. The other things I thought were very interesting there was the amount of time and the number of platforms they're seeding those blog posts out onto. So they're putting them out on the social media, on Medium, on various other platforms to make sure people are finding out about them, going to listening to them. So about, I think she said about a third of the time is spent on promotion, two thirds on creation, but they want to do more time on promotion. And their number one source of traffic to their blog is their email list. So if you're not telling your email list that you've put new blog posts live, please start doing that because they will respond and they will read it. Then we talked about the KPIs and I thought it was really interesting that um, bounce rate was mentioned kind of as an afterthought and that every month they're re reanalyzing what the KPIs should be. So should we be focusing this month on conversions or should we, should we be focusing on engagement and which metrics are the right ones to look at? Obviously, time on page, crucially important within that. And then how cool was that quiz idea? Um, the, the tool she mentioned was called Interact, which is tryinteract.com if you want to go and have a look at their website. And um, and that that's kind of got my mind boggling. So you can see, you can track people through the quiz and then you can remarket to them afterwards. That sounds pretty cool to me. So lots and lots of bits and pieces there. Oh, and of course, the big important one, Make sure you're investing in content which creates that emotional connection, which creates the connection between you and the customer, not just telling them about the product endlessly. Okay, um, let me know what you thought about that episode. I am keen to bring on more marketing specific marketing area experts onto the podcast who are client side um, this year. So let me know what you think in the Facebook group, the e-commerce masterplan world Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And um, please do spread the word about the podcast too. Share it with your e-commerce friends. Put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram. Um, share it in person when you're networking. I don't mind. Uh, you could even pop a review on iTunes. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.